Hello, everyone. I'm Jen Rogers. Welcome to the Yahoo Finance podcast. Uh, We're going to be talking soccer, and I'm going to call it soccer, not football. I hope that's okay. The exponential economics of sports just can be dizzying these days, but collective jaws dropped around the world this month when Brazilian soccer star Neymar, he plays with Lionel Messi uh, at Barcelona, signed a new contract with Paris Saint-Germain, which included an eye-popping 222 million euro transfer fee. This deal is worth more than any existing contract in the NFL, the NBA, or the MLB. Can U.S. soccer and the MLS here in the U.S. ever compete? Here to discuss, we have Yahoo Finance executive producer of video and soccer fan, Kevin Chepka. Hello, Kevin. Hello, hello. And our all-around sports guy here at Yahoo Finance, Dan Roberts. Are you guys okay just calling this soccer? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, you're fine with that. It's definitely not football. Um, Okay, so let's start. Kevin, we're going to start with you. You are the soccer fan. Can you tell me how the league is doing in the U.S.? Yeah, uh, the MLS, um, and we should probably take this in two parts, because the the MLS, the American Soccer League, uh, is is growing, but it is still dwarfed by uh, every other professional league. so in I believe these this is from a Market Watch article, and I think it was in uh, twenty I think it's twenty sixteen. The NFL revenue thirteen billion dollars, MLB nine point five billion, MLS four hundred and sixty one million. So wait, million with an M? M million with an M. <laughs> um, Just making sure. Tiny, tiny, but they're growing. Um, they are expanding the number of teams. They are signing long term media deals. Uh, they're playing, paying their players more. So they're they're on the road and they're the fastest growing American league sports league on social media. All right, Dan Roberts, sounds like the MLS is totally just kicking it. I mean, they were a little bit of a joke not that long ago, right? That's like was true. soccer ever going to break through? Right. So things are great. Things are growing. Uh, look, we often have startups in here, tech startups, and they say, In the last year, we grew 300%. Well, it's easy to grow a lot from a low base, right? We grew from nothing to not nothing anymore, to something. Okay. Uh, MLS is growing. That cannot be denied. That's great and positive. I'm certainly not against American soccer. But it's almost like you have to consider it a separate sport from international soccer. I mean, you were just mentioning Neymar. That is insane money. I think often... Insane. Insane. And I think often American sports fans forget or don't realize, even those who like following, say, the Premier League and, you know, European soccer, they just forget how crazy the money is for these foreign soccer players. And MLS, for years, has been... um, known sort of derisively as a retirement league. Mm -hmm. It's where the big foreign players that have made huge money in their careers come to finish out their days. And look, they're still big draws. They're fantastic players often, but they're not what they were. It's like, you know, come have your sunset in Major League Soccer. Uh, Beckham did it. You know, a a number of other. Cisse, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think think that... uh... I don't deny that there is an element of that, but I think they are coming here earlier, a little bit. That's true. Um, And I think there is the draw of New York, L.A. Uh, It looks like now David Beckham's going to get his Miami team, um, so there's a draw to Miami. Ronaldo has already said someday he'd like to play in Miami. Um, 
you have Sebastian Giovinco, who played for Juventus and some other big Italian teams. He's 29 years old, and he's been just starring for Toronto uh, in the MLS for, I think this is his third season. So they're coming younger, and I'm, I don't deny they're a bit of a retirement league. But Is it, that bad for fans, though? I don't think so. Well, look, uh, to Kevin's point, they are trying to get more homegrown stars. Uh, it's great that we can name a number. Also, here in New York, I've been to many NYCFC games. Mm-hmm. They had and w- by the way, uh, Dan Roberts is sporting <laughs> an NYCFC right. jersey. Chupka's got on Everton. That's Premier? Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I, even I know that much. <laughs> but let me share a quick anecdote that uh, gets to the heart of the fact that I don't think we should overstate MLS's size and, and fan base and recognition with the average American sports fan. Uh, just last week, talk about you know news pegs here, Adidas announced that it had extended its official sponsorship of MLS. So that's a full jersey deal. It's, it's you know league-wide apparel. And Adidas had that contract since 2010. That was an eight-year contract. And when it made the deal in 2010, it paid $200 million. The size of the deal now to extend it to 2024, 700 million. So terrific, shows the growth. Wow, that number is just eye popping. However, on a phone call with the US CEO of Adidas, a phone call where the entire purpose was to talk about how MLS has grown, how Adidas believes big time in MLS, I brought up the retirement league dis. And he said, yep, that was true in the past, but I think it's really changing. You know, there, there are a lot more American stars. It's not the case anymore that the only stars are the foreign guys who come in. And I say, well, who are the biggest American stars? And Oh, no. Well, he was, and I'm not trying to bury him because I couldn't either, but he named three names. Uh, I had never heard of any of those names. Oh, Josie Altador, I knew. He okay. didn't say Clint Dempsey? He said Clint Dempsey. You didn't uh, know Clint no, Dempsey? No, I, I knew Clint Dempsey. Okay, he said Clint Dempsey. He said Josie Altador. I knew those. I could name those Michael two. Michael Bradley. No, he named two other. One was McKay, Christian McKay, something with a, a Mac at the, the beginning of the last name. Tommy McNamara? I hope he I don't know, Tommy but, Mac. Sorry. <laughs> but I just, I didn't know them. And then I said, you know, well, and then there's Tim Howard. He said, sure, Tim Howard. We all know him from the World Cup. Right. Uh, the and he played in the Premier but yeah. gosh, I mean, that's why I'm an Everton fan. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But find me someone on the street who is a sports fan who can name five to ten American MLS stars. You can't do it. Well, if we ran into Kevin Chupka on the street, <laughs> yeah, we right. could probably do it. Uh, Kevin, you were talking about uh, in this retirement phase, people want to come play in L.A. or come play in New York. And, you know, David Beckham's trying to get this team going in Miami. But what about the rate of expansion for MLS? Because the team has added one team, I think, every year from 2007 to 2012. They have two more teams that are supposed to be um, awarded franchises this year. Their 23rd team, again, it will be in Los Angeles, Los Angeles yep. FC starting next season so maybe some more people want to go play there but uh, the other places they're looking it's like Sacramento not to knock knock these places Memphis I mean is it dilutive well yeah so I I am concerned about that I you know every time they they add a team they have an expansion draft and every existing team can protect a certain amount of players and then this new team can draft players away from other teams so yes there is a a fear of dilution um I'll say this about the expansion teams. First of all, they are cities that have successful second-tier soccer teams. And as the popularity of soccer in general has grown in the country, 
the interest in these teams, uh, while not MLS, if you're in Sacramento, you're not going to drive to San Jose to see the earthquakes when there is a team that draws a f- substantial amount of people and interest. Um, and that has been the case with um, Minneapolis's team hmm. uh, came out of that. Um, I um, I can't remember all the but there yeah. are other examples okay. of teams that have grown out of these these smaller uh, second tier. And so, yes, there's a dilution worry, but you are also bringing professional teams to markets that don't have them. Um, and I'll also say my that we're still, I would argue, uh, the generation of American players that have come up while MLS has been a success is they're still young. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the MLS, let's let's call it 2010 when it really started firing. I mean, it was it was reasonably stable before then, but uh, that's when it started moving in the way it's been moving. And so if you had a kindergartner playing in, in 2010, they're in first, second grade, or no, they're in they're in what, middle school, high school now? I lose track of uh, how yeah. kids are. Yeah, they're in they middle school fast. high school. Right. <laughs> um, so they, they haven't hit it yet. There are probably a whole generation of stars, and you know, rather than leaving their family at 15 to go play for the Manchester United, you know, uh, youth academy. Right. Hopefully they're going to stick around. Yeah, they're going to play for Sacramento. They're going to play for Minneapolis. Uh, well, and, and as I should add to what Kevin's saying, I mean, MLS and Major League Baseball has been saying something similar recently, but it is this sport where participation helps it the most. I mean, youth participation. So Kevin's right that the people who are going to be tomorrow's fans are the kids who today play soccer. Now, I mean, the, the, the retort to that, the cold water is, well, just because a kid plays soccer, you know, in middle school doesn't mean they want to watch American pro soccer. Uh, but, you know, he's right to, to bring in youth participation. And I mentioned that call with the Adidas U.S. CEO. He, too, said, oh, and you could say it's corporate talk, but he said one of the draws for us is all the great youth programs that MLS has. Right. And this is also a knock on MLB, though. Right. Because uh, right. youth participation yeah. in baseball down and uh, soccer up. Well, and you also have the the youth participation in soccer and you have a fervent fan base of Premier League fans in in young Americans. And uh, admittedly, the bar to play in a Premier League uh, is much, much higher than have it, than playing in the MLS. So you have Everton, Arsenal uh, Man U, Man City fans that are, you know, elementary school kids and their uh, media buy in the U.S. is about the same as the media buy for MLS. So there's a there's a, a fan base there and that could end up leading towards more success. But will in they MLS. watch both? Will they watch right. both? Well, no, but my point is that you have these pe- more and more people being interested in soccer, playing soccer and they're not all going to go to the Premier League in the U.S. They're going to go to the MLS. But to Dan's point, I guess, to the uh, numbers of the eyeballs. Mm-hmm. And so right now, I think the Mexico and European ratings, don't they, yeah. for television, they're higher than people watching MLS soccer yeah, in the people U.S., are going right? To, people are going to MLS games. I wouldn't there say more. They have record more, attendance, but yeah, right. they, yeah. And there's some questions. There was an L.A. Times article questioning some of those, like, ticket giveaways and season ticket holders that don't actually show up. And so, admittedly, those are squishy numbers. But, um, you know, the, the raw data suggests that after the NFL and the MLB, it's the highest live-attended uh, sporting league in the U.S. Now, 
that's because they're the only other one that plays in stadiums, and you have hockey and basketball that that play in arenas. But still, that's an that's an impressive feat for you kids at home. Stadiums versus arenas. Now you know the difference. <laughs> well, go. but then you could say they call some stadiums in European soccer they call arenas, like oh, Red yeah, Bull yeah. Red Bull Arena here <laughs> right. in New Jersey. Where the Red, so anyway, but yeah, uh, I like yeah. a good old fashioned uh, ballpark. <laughs> uh, Dan Roberts, you're a sports guy here at Yahoo Finance. Can you tell me like what are these MLS teams worth like what are the big ones who owns them any of that color for me yes uh and it's it's important we mention i mean at least they do team valuations you know forbes does these team valuations i mean it's not it's not as though mls isn't on people's radar uh people care about this but i just think boy when you when you talk about the ownership uh the awareness isn't there you know for example uh, when you mentioned paul allen yeah, I think that if if someone follows tech, they know that you know they know of his past in tech. Microsoft. Yeah, Microsoft. And if they follow sports, they know owner of the Seahawks. And what they don't know is that he also owns the Seattle Sounders. I'm not so sure even that Seattle Sounders fans know that Paul Allen is the owner, but he's one of the most prominent ones, and that's the most valuable team. Surprise, surprise. How much is some are, is the most valuable team? We're worth? talking less than three hundred million dollars. Now, that's according to Forbes, and as a former Fortune writer, I always like to say when we talk about these Forbes valuations, two things: one, they are extremely ballparked. I mean, this is a, a very rough estimate, and two, if you look at the past. 10 to 15 sales of American sports teams. I'm talking NFL, NBA, MLB, and NHL. All of them sell for well above their most recent Forbes valuation. Well above. So these are also lowballed. And that's because we're seeing that an American sports franchise is almost like one of the last remaining recession proof, uh, you know, guaranteed to accrue value investments. It just goes up, 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 even if it's a bad team that doesn't win. Look at the uh, sale process right now for the Miami Marlins, a team that is not good, and the ballpark is garish and horrible, and Jeff Loria ran that team into the ground. Well, it's going to sell for in the billions. But again, the most valuable team in Major League Soccer, $285 million is where uh, Forbes has it. So we're talking low. I mean, it, the average, uh, you know, baseball or football player who's had a decent career can buy one. <laughs> well, so so, and I, I was thinking about that because I pulled up the Forbes valuations for NHL teams as well because I think that in a generation, MLS could supplant NHL as the fourth major sport. Very possible. And yeah, I can't name. Uh, three NHL players. Really? Is that bad? I used to be able to, and then two lockouts, and I've completely lost interest. Wayne Gretzky doesn't play anymore. No, right? no. <laughs> um, oh, but the the lower tier of NHL valuations on the Forbes list, um, let's say starting from twenty five to thirty, uh, twenty five Buffalo Sabers three hundred million. The thirtieth Carolina Hurricanes two hundred and thirty million. Hmm. So. You know, that to me is a suggestion that there, even though the, the league revenue is different because you have the New York Rangers who are $1.25 billion. Right. So, but if you, you know, they're still within striking distance in a generation. That's fair. And I want to mention, uh, Jen, you asked me about valuations. I only mentioned Seattle. So it's worth mentioning the top five LA Galaxy. And uh, LA is getting another team. Yep. 
uh, NYCFC, which we know is a joint venture between the Yankees and Manchester City, correct? Yep. They play in Yankee Stadium. Uh, as you mentioned, Jen, I'm wearing an NYCFC jersey. Uh, I live in New York, so I guess that's my team by default, but I'm from Boston, so I like the Revs. But I, I hate that they're owned by the Yankees. Hate the Yankees. Uh, Got to get that in there. <laughs> yep. And number the Revs four, are owned by Bob Kraft. Bob Kraft. Right? Well, I'm going to mention that in a sec. Now, number four, Toronto. Five, Orlando City. Uh, the surprise to me there, the New England Revs not in the top five. They come in at number nine at a valuation of only $185 million. But on the other hand, and, and this goes back to my you know cold water on MLS, but uh, two years ago there was a big article about how Bob Kraft is accused of neglecting his MLS team, doesn't care as much. The Krafts, who are praised as such terrific NFL owners, they haven't done as much to invest in the New England Revolution. And I felt like no one really cared. No one cares. You know, MLS fans, maybe some said it's true, it's true. But boy, that article didn't cause much of a hmm. fervor. And I just think that speaks to the interest in MLS. Uh, now, lastly, we were talking about the players, American players that the Adidas CEO mentioned. I found my notes because Kevin was asking. He said Omar Gonzalez, never heard of him. Yeah. Dax McCarthy, yeah. never heard of him. Darlington Magby, yeah. never heard of him. <laughs> and so then these we are said guys, Josie Altidore, fine. Yeah. So th those are all guys that are now playing regularly on the men's national team. And for uh, the, the men's national team is a whole other podcast. But, um, <laughs> you know, when when it was um, coached, managed by Jurgen Klinsmann, it was a very Eurocentric team where right. some of our star players were people that um, he convinced to come over from Germany. They uh, had like name. one American parent. Yeah. And now uh, it's it's back in the hands of the Americans. I mean, I don't have the stats at my fingertips, but I would venture to guess that in the, the Gold Cup that just wrapped up uh, in international play this summer, uh, there were probably more MLS players on the U.S. roster than there were foreign national, Ooh, foreign international players, okay. I would bet. Have you ever come across a financial term you didn't understand? Yahoo Finance has you covered. Watch our new video series, Money Basics, to understand the essential steps you need to be in control of your money. You can stream Money Basics under the Personal Finance tab on our site, yahoofinance.com. Uh, Kevin, I'm very convinced by your NHL stats and that argument. I can I can see that. But I guess we started off by talking about this big transfer deal and European soccer. And can MLS ever get to that level? And I want to throw out, can a soccer league in general ever be the best if we don't have promotion and relegation? Oh, don't get me started on that. <laughs> I mean, there's and there's news around that um, in the in the past week that, you know, uh, or in the past. Well, yes, in the past week and in the past few months that um, there was a, an offer put on the table to buy the meteorites for four billion dollars if they promised to do uh, yes. pro-rel, as it's called. Right? Yeah, Silva. And then um, they brought up a suit in the, um, I'm not going to remember, the, but it's like the Court of Sport. Um, oh, yes. I would love court. to go to the Court of yeah. Sport. Yeah, yeah. And uh, to try and compel FIFA, the international governing body of soccer, to uh, to force the U.S. into this pro-rel. I, I am... Uh, in favor of it, but I understand why it will never, ever, ever happen in this country. It will never happen. No way, because there's way too much money on the line. We're too big of a country with too many big stadiums um, and not enough small teams um, that that allow for this. What Basically, what you need, imagine uh, two years ago, New York City FC would have probably gotten relegated in their first season 
Um, and can you imagine a New York City team be going from the, the top tier oh. to a secondary oh, tier? Dan no Roberts one, would have loved that. Well, yeah. <laughs> but no one would have gone to their games. Uh, I mean, it doesn't even have to be New York. Imagine Seattle and the money that would be lost by these investors. Uh, I just don't see it ever happening. Now, to your point on can we ever be uh, – can a soccer league ever get to that – the Premier League, which is the gold standard for world soccer leagues and is certainly of as much interest as the MLS is with fans in, in the United States, is the third biggest in terms of revenue on the planet. NFL, $13 billion, MLB, $9.5 billion, Premier League, $5.3 More than the NBA, more than the NHL. So soccer is certainly popular, um, and I think the Premier League is only going in one direction. That's all fair. And in fact, uh, you know, I know I'm our MLS bear. But one more thing, I would say actually, in my mind, the biggest thing that helps uh, the future viability of MLS is the struggles of American football right now. Now, you know, your gut reaction, a lot of people say struggles. The NFL is this huge powerhouse chugging juggernaut. Nothing's going to hurt it. True, except it has been heard in the, in the court of public opinion in the last couple of years mm -hmm. for a few reasons. The, the scandals, I mean, we don't need to get on into all these, but, you know, the various uh, off-the-field player scandals, but then more importantly, head injuries yeah. and the fears over concussions. Yeah. And, and, you know, most recently, a couple weeks ago, there was a study and it was like all but one or two of a certain number, like almost 100 or more than 100 NFL players that, that were studied had, had CTE. I mean, it's a major, major fear. And the place where you're seeing it the most isn't yet NFL ratings or existing NFL fans. It's parents of young kids who now say, I'm going to tell my kid not to play football. Well, they'll let their kid play soccer. Yeah. And so as NFL eventually maybe declines just a little bit, that's good for MLS, both participation in it and interest in watching it. I would never, ever let my kid play football. And I am a huge fan of the NFL. I'm right. a Giants fan um, who Dan's <laughs> Patriots can't seem to beat in the Super Bowl. Oh. And um, <laughs> but I would never let my child play. Uh, I, I mean, even I played lacrosse. I don't know that I'd let my kid play lacrosse because of, of battle and head injury. Same with NHL. I mean, if they want to play baseball, basketball or soccer, I'm in favor of it. Yeah, tennis. Nice yeah. and safe. Tennis, golf. Oh, yeah. I think as a parent, too, those are the nicest events to go to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> go yeah. to Wimbledon. Oh, sure. uh, but that does bring us back to the participation, and that could be the key to growth here. Before we go, um, what, what position did you guys play? Uh, I It got far too competitive too quick for me. Uh, so I played up until probably eighth grade, and, and there was no set positioning at that point. Uh, Dan Roberts? I will tell a very embarrassing soccer anecdote. <laughs> uh, I didn't play soccer. I mean, I tell people I didn't play because I didn't play even in middle school or high school. But I played, you know, as a, as a tot, like probably a six-year-old, seven. Maybe I was even older. But, you know, really, really young, whatever the entry-level youth thing is, you know, where you have the colored T-shirts and, oh, cute. And... Uh, <laughs> I, I, sh I scored a goal on our own goal. Oh, <laughs> on goal. humiliating. I never forgot it. Uh, so come high school, I played tennis and ran cross country. <laughs> I, uh, I will say, if, if we're sharing, uh, it's maybe less embarrassing than that. But uh, when I was probably in first, second grade playing soccer as well, my parents hated when I would volunteer to be in goal. And these were like regulation goals. I mean, soccer goals, now you see like little kids playing in really small goals. But back in my day... You 
were playing in like big regulation goals. <laughs> the size of my New York studio. And they, they let some kid take a penalty kick on me. And I remember looking over at my parents who couldn't look. And I... I saved it by sitting on it. It came. He was gonna. He was gonna put it through the five hole through my legs, and I sat down at just the right time, and I saved the penalty kick. Chapka. I was a right wing, and get this, a goalie. There you go. Yes, because I had a crush in high school on the guy goalie that I got to be trained by. (laughs) And hopefully he's not going to listen to this podcast. All right. So we're going to leave it there. Uh, Dan Roberts, thank you so much. Kevin Chepka, a great soccer talk. Uh, We'll all be... I think we're all soccer fans, fair to say. And even if Dan Roberts is a little bit of a bear, we're rooting for you, soccer. Yes. Yeah, definitely. It's fun to have another uh, league out there for sure. Uh, Thank you so much for listening to the Yahoo Finance podcast. Please don't forget, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jen Rogers. See you later. 